Hello and welcome to Abandoned Car, the podcast we wish we'd had when running our own e-commerce store. The hosts for today are Adam Hiya. and myself, Laura, the co-founders of Pink Leopard, a growth acceleration agency specializing in e-commerce. Joining us today is the wonderful James Bagan, who's a brand strategist at McCann. He's going to be talking to us about the relationship and the importance between brand and performance marketing. And we're going to dive a bit deeper into which is the most important, if there is one. Spoiler alert. James, welcome to the show. Hello. Welcome. Thank you for having me on. Looking forward to it. Thank you. Yeah, we're really looking forward to to chatting to you as well. This is your area of expertise. Before we kick off, though, every episode, we start with this question, just so the audience can get to know our guests on a more personal level. So what's the best piece of advice you've ever received and how has that impacted your life? My life? Be easy to work with. I think it's it's underrated. We work with so many people, clients, colleagues, like there's so many parties in what we do. And I think if you are, and we've all worked with those difficult people, when you're difficult to work with, it, it can make your life and their life a lot harder. So yeah, definitely be as easy to work with as possible. And I think it will definitely make your career and just day-to-day life far easier. Yeah. Oh, I love that. And yeah. Obviously, being a, a good friend of ours and, and doing some kind of work together and collaborations, you are definitely that. So you're taking on the advice. <laughs> oh, good. Oh, good. I was going to say, it's not for me to judge, is it? It's for you guys to judge. So, yeah. that's, that's, that's what I aspire to be anyway. So. <laughs> we can confirm James is doing Yeah, good. look. Cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Cool. Well, thank you for that, mate. Before we get into this, can you give the listeners a bit of an overview of who you are and, and what it is exactly you do? Yeah, sure. So I'm currently a strategy director at McCann. And for those who don't know McCann and I deal with sort of communications and advertising, I deal with the, the creative side of, of, of the marketing world. Um, so my role and what strategy is about, there's loads of definitions of it. I think the, the one that I find the most probably helpful is my job is to simplify and then exaggerate. So it's to try and simplify what, what the client's problem is whether it's with their brand or whether it's with their customers like what is stopping them from getting to that next stage of their of their business develop their growth their business success and then once you find that problem don't exaggerate it exaggerate in such a way that makes it interesting to consumers and, and to customers so ultimately they do the thing that you want them to do whether it's buy a product or take out a service or or stock their shelves with, with your with your brand and that's my job to, to to simplify, find that problem, and then and work out the the right path and, and how how that how that direction looks when it comes to comes to communications. I guess very briefly how I got here. It's there's been no sort of design or anything to my career. It's been quite it's been luck in all honesty. I started off in a in a media agency. Um, I wasn't I, I enjoyed it, but then got a job at client side. I worked at Nestle for a bit, which was fantastic. But as that sort of and then went back to agency side, but as that story's gone on for me, I've kind of slowly realized, well, actually, this, this, the strategy part is the thing that I love, the, the getting into the weeds of a problem and trying to solve a client's sort of challenges. And then, and then ultimately fueling the creatives and, and getting them to come with the, the brilliant things that, that you'll see on TV or, or, or in newspapers or online, but ultimately setting them up to, to do the things that they do really well. Cool. Thank you for that. I think you're discrediting yourself there. I think it's a lot more than just luck to where you, uh, you've got to, but self-deprecating as, as ever. And just before we dive into the questions, I think it's quite important to let people know what the difference is between brand and performance marketing. So just to kind of make that clear before we dive into it. Brand marketing is focused on building awareness and creating an emotional connection with the customer. 
whereas performance marketing is focused on focused on generating leads and sales. So just for the listeners who may be a little bit unsure, we just wanted to make that clear. But let's dive into in some of the questions we've got for you then, James. So as a brand strategist, what is your view on performance marketing? Well, it's of huge importance. I think you would typically speak to a a brand planner like me, a brand person, and and, the, and their view on it would be that, oh, yeah, brand's more important than performance. And, and, and it's all about brand. If you don't have a brand, then don't, no one knows who you are and, 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 and they won't have a reason for buying you, which I think is all, it's all true. But for me, as, as true as that is, you can't do, you can't have a great brand if people can't get to you and can't buy you and, and you aren't, you aren't appearing the way you want to appear or should appear. The, the sharper end of, of marketing, which is performance. And that's why I think that there is a huge, huge value and importance on that, uh, on that performance side of things. And I think over the last probably 20 years, we've sort of seen particularly marketing move into this sort of short termism sort of place where immediate, well, so more and more like businesses want immediate results and shareholders aren't as patient as they once were. Not, neither are like boards or executives or, or even senior management. So short term results is, is becoming more and more important. And, and that's where performance comes in. And I think performance can help, can help drive that. So yeah, it's, it's incredibly important. And that's coming from a, a brand strategist who isn't meant to say that, but the reality of it is that, that it, it's vital. Performance helps me do my job, but equally I help performance be as good as it can be, I think. And that immediate results piece is that. <laughs> that actually possible you know i think everybody does want short sharp quick wins but really you know we speak with a lot of our clients every day when it comes to e-commerce and we tell them a lot that it there is no silver bullet you have to look at your brand you have to look at the performance you have to look at all of these things holistically to get the best out of your e-commerce store your reviews is your website good can you deliver on time there's so many bits and pieces to it but i suppose to the point about brand and performance do you think that people can actually get immediate results or is it much more of a, a bigger play that you've got to invest in i think it is i think they can get immediate results but it's only you only tell part of the story because if you look at i guess without going to too much theory if you look at the the theory behind like brand success there is a spectrum and and, and that spectrum goes from what people think and feel about your brand and actually how attached they are to potentially buying you in the future all the way through to i need something now and i buy from you right now and that, that in itself is a spectrum. And if you just focus on that end bit, people buying you right now, you're kind of not really thinking about the other factors that drive a business success. And, and importantly, those other factors like brand, like how people feel and what they think about you, that is actually your dotted line to, to longer term success. Yes, we can get a sale right now and today. If your brand's in a healthy position, actually that will that will support sales that are going to come in next week or next month or even next year or even over the next five to 10 years. So yeah, just looking at that one window of performance, I think it is possible and it is possible and, and important to focus on that. However, you are then not kind of ignoring the, that rest, the rest of that spectrum, which, which ultimately is where long-term or longer-term success lies. So it, it, I'd be remiss just to look at one or the other. I think you, you need to look at, look at both. Yeah, I think that's a really, really good point. Yeah, thank you for that. Okay, so for you then, what is the relationship between brand and performance? Yeah, similar to what I've just said, really. I think they are, they're both indicators of success, but of, of different types of success. So as I said, I think when you're, when you're thinking about brand performance, generally brand is all about getting into the, 
into the hearts of people and making them feel something, making them have an affinity of, of some level with your brand. Now, again, you can't get too over the top with this because we as consumers don't spend all day, every day thinking about brands, but we do have an attachment to some of them and and therefore we are more likely to buy some over the other. So when you're thinking about brands, you want to be a brand that is at least within consideration set. Talking about Nestle, when I used to work at Nestle, I worked on KitKat and the whole ambition behind KitKat wasn't to be picked up every time you're at the shelf they knew that was impossible we all have a repertoire of, of chocolate bars that we would potentially consider and only when you get to the moment that moment when you're in front of the shelf will you decide oh actually i fancy this one Kit Kat's ambition wasn't to be the one that was picked up every time because it was that's impossible their ambition was to just be considered being that top two or three that you would consider picking up if, if you wanted a, a chocolate bar and that's what brand does brand helps guess get brand helps get us thinking about those brands at the point of when we might want to purchase something and that's the success that's what brand looks like and that's that's getting brands into our, into our minds and sort of rattling around in our, in our minds even when we're not even when we don't need that product or the service that they offer and then there's then there's the performance side which of course is just like right we need to make sure that ours is picked up before before anyone else's and that that varies incredibly depending on the category the industry like to influence that for KitKat is almost impossible, whereas for other probably more online businesses, it's far easier to try and control that or try and encourage a, a purchase at the, at the end of that end of that journey. But that's what it is. It's, it's that long-term, short-term thing again. It's getting the brands into our minds where you think about that brand when it comes to the point where you need that product or that service. And then there's performance, which is make, make me want to pick it up right now. And again, you need both. One can't work without the other, especially if you want to consistently grow, have a healthy brand and a brand that's fit for purpose today and what the next weeks, months, years brings. Yes, it's so true. The strength and we see it, don't we, Adam, with like our clients that come through, the strength of the brand has such a huge impact on the performance marketing. So that's a whole kind of other side of it kind of in itself, really. Like we've worked with brands and even the e-commerce brand Canvas Creatures that I used to have if well there, were, there was no brand and nobody knew about it and so it was just pure performance marketing but it gets to a point where you realize you are you're really spending your absolute maximum on cost per acquisition to try and generate the sales and loads and loads of other examples of brands that we're working with whereas we work with a, a multi-million pound brand or more recently we're working with a, a billion pound brand and the performance marketing is like a dream on that account because they have such an amazing reputation. So really, we're just adding a bit of fuel to the fire with the performance marketing element and it's not a struggle. And you can just literally night and day, you can tell when they've been doing you know, other areas such as TV or radio or they're doing PR stuff and influencer stuff. And we can kind of go in and run the paid ads and the email and it takes off. So yeah, it's it's I love everything you're saying. <laughs> Well, when you get to that, when you get to that sharper end of marketing, like we we as consumers are like, okay, well, what's the price and at like what are the what are the benefits that this thing gives me is it is it got all the features that I need? So we get into sort of quite rational, functional sort of thinking. And when you've got two products that do exactly the same thing and, and probably priced at the same, well, what's the thing that's going to make that difference? And brand is such a difficult thing to compare and have a two brands that are exactly the same. That can often be the differentiator. And, and it, it's the I can't take credit for this. It was a, a, an ex-colleague of mine, but he talked about the value of a brand. And if you've got a black T-shirt 
a plain black T-shirt, a black T-shirt with a little Nike logo on it, and a black T-shirt with a little Adidas logo on it. How much would you prepare prepared to pay for each of those T-shirts? And suddenly you're like, well, yeah, I'd probably pay a bit more for that Nike than the plain black. It's completely irrational. It's a black T-shirt, but that that is how that's how marketing and branding, and importantly, how consumer sort of minds minds work. And just on that, when it comes to I suppose pricing and and cost and value, how can how can businesses balance both with limited budgets? It's tricky. It's really difficult because when you talk about limited budgets, even the biggest businesses will have a, a finite budget and they could always say, well, we need more money. So it, there, it is difficult, but it can be done. And again, sort of pointing back to the theory generally, and this is, this is over sort of thousands of, of case studies and, and years of, um, years of marketing. There is generally a theory that says, there's, there should be a split with your budget 60-40. 60% should go towards brand and, and building the long-term health of your brand and, and 40% towards towards performance. And the reason is behind that is that even though you think, oh my God, well, I need to sell stuff now, yet you're telling me to put 60% of it elsewhere. Well, the theory and the history shows that if, even if you spend 60% elsewhere, that actually makes your performance marketing work better over time it becomes more efficient and it becomes more effective. So it's investing a bit over here to make actually something over there work far better over time. And right now, and you guys do it, you work really hard to, to, get, to make that sale for your clients and, 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 um, and at times it's easier and other times it's difficult. When there's that brand sort of conversation and marketing bubbling away over there, it will generally over time make what you guys do easier because that's going to do a lot of the heavy lifting when it comes to comes to performance. So the, the theory says 60-40, but again, that can vary. That's just a, a rule of, uh, just a guide really. If you are a premium brand, for example, and you want to keep your prices high and keep people paying a little bit more for your product, your service, uh, again, the theory says actually put even more into brand because the brand means that people are willing to pay more. And that goes that back to my black that black t-shirt sort of analogy, like if you've got a brand there, people are willing to pay a little bit more for it because they're they're buying into the brand. So it's not unheard of to, to make that 60-40, actually 70-30 in favour of brand. But then th- th- there's other sort of other examples where actually the theory says, well, you should put your money where on the most difficult part of that equation. So actually, if you are something like a fairy liquid, you'll pick up washing up liquid in the supermarket without really giving it much thought. And the brand can make a huge difference at that point. However, brand does make the biggest difference at that point. You are probably thinking, well, fairy liquid, it's going to be reliable. I know I only need a drop of it, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So the theory there says actually for someone like fairy liquid, they should put more, more money in performance and activation because that's the harder thing for them to convince people to pick up them rather than a Sainsbury's own label. So that would suggest actually that that ratio should be closer to 50-50 where, where something like washing up liquid, that they should be do, they should be putting their money where it's harder for them to win, which is which is performance. So there's there's a lot of theory and there's there's lots of overlapping studies and, and metrics that sort of point to which where you should be putting your money. But even with limited budgets, finding that balance and every brand and business will have a balance. Finding that balance is doable. And it does take a leap of faith. I think if you are if you see the if you have a business and you see the long term potential of it, then not putting all your money in performance and actually make sure that balance is right between brand and performance will and it guaranteed will help your business later down the line and it'll make things easier later down the line where actually you can get to the point where you can scale back certain parts of your budget 
because your brand is fueling the fire for you and it's doing, like I said, the heavy lifting when when actually just focusing on performance means you have to work really, really hard for each and every sale and you're not having that support, that support from a brand point of view that, that you could have. I was speaking to a brand the other day, actually, a flooring brand, a huge flooring brand in the UK. And they were saying he was the director of marketing. So he was very much in in your camp around branding. And I think his board of directors were very much kind of performance marketing, put, pump everything into that. And he said, so they really pulled back on their TV campaigns that had gotten their business to sort of where they are now. And he sort of said, you know, this is going to really impact our sales. Like it'll be quick wins. And he said, yeah, over the next couple of years, they saw a huge shift in their, in their sales, like a huge drop, sorry, in their sales and a shift in how the market perceived them as a brand because they're a very, they're, they're based on their, their reputation is all around quality and, and that side of things that they've, you know, spent so much money really working hard on, you know, everybody seeing that about them. So yeah, it's, it was kind of firsthand from, from a brand realizing that obviously we're performance marketing and that's, that's, our kind of specialty but i yeah so many examples that we kind of have that definitely suggest that you know there's got to be a huge element of brand in there in the in the mix to to really grow and scale if you want to have sustainable growth and you want to scale in the long term yeah you're exactly right and i think that example that you just mentioned like they may not seen a drop off immediately from from sort of not doing the brand activity, but that does happen over time. And you, as you said, they clearly notice the, the impact of it, and especially for a brand that's all that quality. You kind of want people to pay a bit more for that and appreciate that quality. And it goes back to what I was saying: like if, if you built a brand that and people know that brand, then they'll naturally and, and it it does make sense. But the theory points to it, it: people will naturally be willing to pay more for that product because it's well known. It's on TV. It's on like radio it's on outdoor outside it's on all those big sort of formats where actually i'm seeing this brand a lot so they're a big like they're everywhere so they're a big brand so therefore i must be that they will have a, a, a quality element to them and, and therefore i'm willing to pay a bit more for them but yeah turn that tap off and then you kind of just get into the just the performance side and actually then you then you're fighting with with every other flooring retailer and manufacturer and you're saying well actually what makes our floors that much different when actually I'm, I'm paying the same for them or, or I can get this other one for cheaper. And, and suddenly you're open, you're open to losing business at that point because you've not got that brand story behind it. Yeah, for sure. And they're obviously, as we've kind of spoken throughout this podcast, they're both extremely important, as you've said. But I suppose for those smaller businesses with smaller budgets, what can they do right now to get the, you know, the most out of both elements, but more on the brand side? Um, I think the, the most that they, the, the best thing that they can do, even with like really small budgets, is at least have a start, start to think about what their brand is about. What is it trying to say? What is it representing? What do they want people to think about it? Because even if they were to put all their money into performance, let's say, performance is still marketing and you can still get certain messages across that give people an idea of what your brand is about and, and, and what you're trying to say and why you are different from other people. Of course, it's harder because you are, like I said, at the sharper end and, and you want people, to, consumers to, to take action and you don't want to distract them from doing anything else. It's, it, it needs to be a very clear and focused message at that point. However, having a, an appreciation of what your brand is and where it's trying to go and, and, and what you're trying to be can inform how you do that performance marketing, not only from a content point of view, but where you appear and, and the associations you build. So, so subliminally, you can start to build that brand 
But you can only do that when you know who you are, when you know what you're trying to be, when you know what makes you different from your competitors and why someone should should pick you up or choose you over, over someone else. Once you've done that, the homework behind it, then you can start to shape and it should start to shape the rest of the activity. So, yeah, even in the short term, if, all, if their limited budgets were in the performance world, that's okay. But point being that actually if it's done with the, the thinking behind it, that transition can be slow, but that transition, if it slowly does happen, will have a, have a longer-term benefit. I think it's an appreciation and awareness of the importance of brand and the role it's playing at that point that at least starts to pave the way to get into a point where, yeah, you can do a 60-40 budget split and you're doing the right thing. To say to tell a brand right now, you've got small budgets, want you to spend 60% over here, like you've got to be realistic, but they're not going to do that, and you, nor would you expect them to do that. However, working towards that is absolutely the right strategy to do, but you can only do that when you know what your brand story is and what you're trying to be and, and what makes you you and why you want people to choose you. Just on that, is that... Would you say things like PR and putting money into that is a brand building strategy? So you're not going straight for, you know, like huge TV campaigns, or maybe you'll go for like a localized sky campaign, for example. Are they some of the things? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Even just digital display like that. Our brands have built themselves from just doing online advertising across social and display and email um, and all the things that you guys do like that, that. That it is very possible to build a big brand and be well known through those means. And again, there's there's sort of some white papers out there that kind of sh- show how that can be done and has been done. So yeah, PR is another great one. Your I guess the point being that you want to appear in places that a have good associations. So like for example, digital display is it better for you to be on the Guardian than the Daily Mail, depending on your brand. Like that 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 kind of association can actually have can rub off on your brand and. and so it's important to understand where you appear and just having just appearing somewhere where you can talk to people about why they should buy why they, well who you are and why they should buy you as opposed to telling you to click this button now and, and, and order now or add to your basket or whatever it might be it's just somewhere a place where you can talk a little bit more broader and to your point earlier adam like to, to have for people to be having awareness of you for people to know who you are and why they should know you and yeah prs are prs brilliant for that pr editorial type stuff like pop-up shops all that that is that is brand activity of course people might buy something there and then brand does drive some sales that's it's not to say that these two things are completely separate but it's just a place where you can you're not so much focused on people buying you you're more focused on actually getting your story across and getting people to know who you are and why they should remember you yeah Thank you. I think, yeah, with, and as you say, there's definitely an element of that with performance marketing. We kind of audit so many accounts, you know, if it's Google accounts or Facebook accounts, and it's so, you know, really heavy on that just, you know, cost per acquisition and return on ad spend, which is obviously a huge part of what we do. But I don't see many accounts really, as you said, like getting to the bottom of their brand and why they're different and what their, you know, their hooks, their angles are really sort of digging deep on that and having creatives kind of around that that aren't necessarily all this. There's so much right now to have user generated content and have short TikTok videos, but they're not really your kind of brand building creative. So I think there's definitely got to be, I think brands need to do a bit more research and spend a bit more money on those creatives, even they're going into performance marketing. But yeah, as you said, to really showcase the brand, the story behind it, why they're different, why somebody should buy you, buy your products over your competitors and start to sort of 
filter that into their their performance marketing if they can't spend on TV campaigns and PR and all of those kind of things in the early stages. So yeah, thank you so much. Everything you've said has been so, so insightful. It really has. So is there anything though that we haven't asked you that you think would be really interesting for the audience to know? It's probably just touching upon what you've just said there about return on ad spend performance is so important in the minds of businesses because there's a very clear sort of metric on there's a very clear sort of tangible number to say well i put this much in and i got this much out and and part of the whole brand versus performance thing is that it's not one or the other it's both and therefore actually what's the equivalent for brand how do i know i've got something back for that and taking your flooring company as an example like that they want to be known for quality so if quality is the one thing that they want to be known for there are ways that they can track that and and, and see if that quality message is getting through to consumers and if they, they that's the one thing they're known for and want to be known for then then that's the thing that they can focus on so there are ways you can measure brand and you can start to think about like you we want to be known for these things let's track that over time as that improves you can say well that's where our money's gone more and more associations are being built between our company and quality which is great because that's a that's the thing that someone will go into that performance sort of part of the funnel thinking well, I've got the choice of this, 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 and this company, but I know this one's worth. This one's all about quality. So immediately they go into that, like I said, the sharper end of that funnel with some preconceptions about what that company or brand offers. So there are means and ways to, to measure brand as well. And I'd probably say that even though the performance side of things is, I guess, more obvious and easier to measure, I think my message would be there are ways that we can measure measure all the other stuff. So even if you are you as a marketing director need to go back to the board and say well where did our money go yes you can talk about return on ad spend but there are also the metrics you can use to say well and also this is how it's improved our brand these are the associations we've built this is what we're known for this is where we're strongest when it comes to what people think about us and and that's the thing that people will have will, will know going into considering a new floor so yeah it's it's sort of building this bank of knowledge for for, for our clients for marketing directors so they can go back to a board and say, well, yeah, this is where your money's gone. Money over here is giving us this and money over here is giving us this, which which feeds the sort of the long-term um, success of the brand. Amazing. Thank you. I feel like we need a whole new podcast episode on how we can, <laughs> how we can measure and track brand marketing. But yeah, we'll definitely have to get you back on the show, James. Thank you so much. So for everyone listening, how can our listeners connect with you? LinkedIn, I guess. Perfect. Is it just um, James Bagan? Yeah. James Bagan. I think there's only there's only two other James Bagans, and I have Googled them. One's in capital <laughs> investment, and I'm not sure what the other guy does, but we don't look alike, so you, sh- you should should be fine really easily. <laughs> Amazing. Thanks so much. So thanks everyone for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe and follow us for more episodes and content coming soon. And if you'd like to discuss any aspect of your performance marketing for your business, then our Pink Leopard team will be more than happy to help. You can head to our website, www.pinkleopard.co.uk. Thanks so much, everyone. Thank you. Thank you.